0: This is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of Effie Church, and this is our podcast. Happy Easter, everyone. I have an email to share with you, actually a portion of an email sent to, by, sent to me by my grandma. I think she's watching this morning. Hi, Grammy. This is what she said. I guess we're in for a time of hard decisions, I've always felt so bad that my grandchildren couldn't have lived in the calm, peaceful 50s like I did. But God told me, no, they were born for this time. This is their time, and they are making a huge difference in the world they are living in. So carry on and keep doing what you're doing. Love, Grammy. Thank you for joining us today. We're in a series called Into the Unknown because of the incredible time we're living in. The Bible holds incredible hope for us though, even in these times. And today we're going to examine the moment that Jesus was meant for, the moment that he came for, and learn how that can help us walk into the unknown, into the moments we were born for. In this time. So we're going to start reading today. We're going to read a large portion, a couple of different portions of the story of Jesus' death and resurrection today, starting in Matthew 26, verse 36. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, Sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and bowed his face to the ground, praying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to the temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My Father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping. For they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, go ahead and sleep, have your rest. But look, the time has come. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. And even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the 12 disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests and elders of the people. The traitor, Judas, had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. So Judas came straight to Jesus. Greetings, Rabbi, he exclaimed and gave him the kiss. Jesus said, my friend, go ahead and do what you have come for. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. Put away your sword, Jesus told him. Those who use the sword will die by the sword don't you realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us and he would send them instantly? But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen now? Then Jesus said to the crowd, am I some dangerous revolutionary that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there teaching every day. But this is all happening to fulfill the words of the prophets as recorded in the scriptures. And at that point, all the disciples deserted him and fled. Jesus was anguished. He was distressed. Which did not mean he didn't have faith, by the way. It's okay to be anguished and distressed and still be in the will of God. Still be Fully surrendered to the will of God. He was still right where he was supposed to be. Even anguished and distressed and grieving. Right where he was supposed to be. Let's turn to Matthew 27 verse 11. Now Jesus was standing before Pilate, the Roman governor. Are you the king of the Jews? The governor asked him. Jesus replied, you have said it. But when the leading priests and the elders made their accusations against him, Jesus remained silent. Don't you hear all these charges they are bringing against you, Pilate demanded. But Jesus made no response to any of the charges, much to the governor's surprise. Now it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner to the crowd, anyone they wanted. This year there was a notorious prisoner, a man man named Barabbas. As the crowds gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, which one do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? He knew very well that the religious leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. He was trying to push them into releasing Jesus. Verse 19, just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him a message. Leave the innocent man alone. I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. Meanwhile, the leading priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. So the governor asked again, Which of these two do you want me to release to you? The crowd shouted back, Barabbas. Pilate responded, Then what should I do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? They shouted back, Crucify him. Why, Pilate demanded, what crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, crucify him. Pilate saw that he wasn't getting anywhere and that a riot was developing. So he sent for a bowl of water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I'm innocent of this man's blood. The responsibility is yours. And all the people yelled back, we will take responsibility for his death. We and our children. So Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip, then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. People felt 100% justified in their judgment against Jesus. They thought he was one thing, and when he refused to be that specific thing, they turned on him. This was the moment. The moment he was born to be in, the turning point in his life. We usually think of, of the moment Jesus was born for as maybe his birth, the way that we celebrate Christmas. We think of that moment or, or we think of the moment where he was put on the cross, right? That must be the moment or, or the moment when the stone was rolled away. Everything about his birth, the the prophecies, the the virgin birth, the wise men, the star, everything about his ministry, the miracles, the disciples, the confrontations with the religious leaders, everything about his life had led him to this moment. Have you ever had a moment like that? A moment when it felt like the stars had just aligned, like, like you knew you were where you were supposed to be doing what you were supposed to be doing a momentous life changing moment. Well, I've had several that have felt like that. And, and to be honest, I'd love to be say that I was fortunate enough to have several that felt like that, but honestly, I don't think fortunate is the right word. Of course, Disney and Hollywood want you to believe that those moments true love moments, right? They're the stand up to the bully victory moments, but nine times out of 10, I bet those moments, the moments you were born for felt a lot like this one that Jesus found himself in. Moments where the world feels like it's out to get you, where everyone hates you and for the wrong reasons that they're lying, they're jealous, they're selfish, there's nothing you can do to fix it, nothing you should do to fix it. And the right thing feels so very hazy, distant, or if we're honest, it just feels earth-shatteringly difficult. So difficult. This is actually the moment. The moment Jesus was born for. Because it led him to the other moments. It led him to the cross, to the stone being rolled away, the the miracle moments. They were all amazing moments in Jesus' life. But the moment, the turning point for him was this moment before Pilate, remaining silent, knowing what was coming. It might have been the most difficult moment of Jesus' life to remain silent in that moment. I mean, Jesus could have talked the crowd down. He'd done it before. He could have defended himself or simply slipped away right through them. He'd done that before too. He could have turned everything around on them, right? Made the entire crowd dissolve itself. He'd done that before. This was the moment of no return. This was the moment he was born for. He chose to be in this moment, not with one big decision, but thousands of small decisions throughout his life and ministry. Jesus died because of this moment. He was beaten, broken, whipped, and humiliated. They jeered at him, they called him names. They drove nails through his watched him hang in agony and pain waiting for him to die his lifeless body was placed in a tomb sealed guarded protected from his own disciples but what God has ordained no man can guard against Matthew 28 says, Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come, see where the body was lying. And now go, quickly, and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus was born for that turning point moment. That moment. Because everything that has happened since that day has been a result of that moment before Pilate. The moment you were born for isn't the end. God is going to turn that moment into this resurrection moment and into so much good for you. That's what he does. Even the moments when you feel like you're stuck in a tomb, even the moments when you feel like the world is out to get you, where they're beating you up, where they're telling lies about you, all of those moments, God wants to turn into good for you, just like he did for Jesus just like he turned Jesus's moments into good for us. And now he's given us instructions for our day. You and I were born for this time, this time. He is with us. He's given us all the tools we need to get the job done. And he's already equipped you with talents, and abilities and gifts that no one else has for the job that you're meant to do. Your moment will come and you'll suddenly realize that everything you've done in your life has been leading you to it. But don't be deceived. It probably won't be a feel-good moment. It's probably going to require selflessness, fierce faith, Reliance, 100% reliance and surrender on the Holy Spirit. Revelation from the Father himself. Because our road is difficult. Jesus's was unimaginable. Our road, our mission is scary. His was deadly. Our mandate is practically impossible. His was literally impossible. We all have trauma. Right? This world beats us up. We can't always control that. But we have to decide what to do with that. Are we going to walk out of that tomb and call our trauma a blessing for others? Or are we going to die in it? Walk out of that tomb. Walk out of that tomb that's the good news jesus died for your sins but he resurrected too he walked out of the tomb giving you the power to resurrect from your own ashes to resurrect from your own sin and selfishness and to become a new creation in him the man that resurrected by his own power The man who sits at the right hand of the Father today, very much alive, has promised to be with you. You were born for this time, this mission. Be the vibrant, passionate, selfless disciple he's called you to be. And go change the world with the message of the gospel.
1: ...charges against him to crucify One, they said, this man loves sinners. The second, he healed on the Sabbath day. And the third, he claimed to be the Son of God. Did ever a man die like Jesus? They first took long leather thongs with steel pellets or lead pellets on the end and beat him across the back until he could hardly stand up. Then they put a crown of thorns on his brow and his face was bleeding. And he dragged and lifted and hauled that cross. And then on the cross, he said, My God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then he dropped his head and said, It's finished. Yes, they laid him away in a tomb. And when they went out to the tomb that morning, they heard the greatest news the world has ever known. He is not here. He is risen. He's alive. He is not here. Death could not hold him. He has conquered the grave. That's the greatest news the world has ever heard.
2: Laid in a grave, laid in a tomb. Three days later, he walked out of it. It's the greatest news that's ever been given. It's given for us. Jesus said that no greater love has someone than this than he laid down his life for his friends. And then he walked to that cross, lay down on it, was lifted up and laid in a tomb, and then he walked out of it. And here's the truth. He did it for you. He did it for me. He did it for everyone because John 3 16 tells us clearly, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, perish to die. Fear of death is all around us right now. Anxiety is rising up in hearts. Yesterday I read that the National Suicide Hotline has received three times the number of phone calls in the past few weeks. That suicide numbers are going up at drastic rates. That a young person in our own communities took his life. should be rebelled against, but as believers we do not fear it, we despise it, because it's the curse for our own sins, the word tells us that all have sinned, I have sinned, you have sinned, I've lied, I've cheated, I've stolen, I've had hate in my heart, the wages of that sin, it's death. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish. We're not held by death anymore. But have eternal life. This is why Easter matters. Christmas is a concept so easily grasped. God became flesh. So easy. Children, grab a hold of it right away. It's Jesus' birthday. But Easter, a man died and rose again. Because of that, death was defeated. We celebrate on Easter because it's not the mourning that happened on Friday. It's not the sadness of the cross. It's the rejoicing of the
1: empty tomb.
2: (sighs) New life. If you're joining us for the first time this Easter Sunday, if you're watching this video, and maybe not live, but a little later, this can become a moment like Candace talked about. A moment like when the earth shook and the stone was rolled away. A moment of new life for you. Right now, in your living room, in your parked car, in your office, wherever you're watching, this can be the moment of new life. The moment where you say, I admit I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus died for my sins and rose again. And I confess him to be the Lord of my life. If you'll do those three things, God's word says that he is faithful. That he will forgive you your sins. He will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And because of that, you now have new life. Death has no hold. There's no need to fear. Because just like Jesus is alive in heaven, we will one day live again with him. I want to give you the opportunity to pray that prayer today to receive the greatest gift, salvation. If you'd like to receive Jesus today, if you'd like to pray a prayer for forgiveness, if you'd like to commit your life to following him from this day forward so that death can have no more hold on you, pray this prayer with me. As a matter of fact, in the privacy of your living room, they're surrounded by your family. If you want to receive Jesus, he went up on the cross for you. you go down on your knees for him as we pray? Would you repeat these words after me? Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. I admit I deserve death. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again. I confess you're the Lord of my life. Will you forgive me of my sins? Will you make me a new person so I can follow you from this day forward? To the best of my ability. I love you, Jesus, and I thank you for salvation. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer today, congratulations. It is everything. It is new life. It is forgiveness. It is freedom from death and fear. And we want to celebrate with you. Will you let us know at fe.church slash I'm in? Let us know in the comments right now, no matter where you're watching, when you're watching. We want to celebrate that you've made a decision of salvation, that you're a new person. And now that you've prayed that prayer, you're a part of the family. You're welcomed in to the throne room. You're, you're, you're a child of God. And you get to live a new life. His word says that the old is gone and the new has come. No greater love has someone than this, than he laid down his life for a friend. We get to give up the old, let go of the old life, the sinful ways and turn to a new life lived for him.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fe.church/imn. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links.
1: of it all, I know that your love breaks my fall, scandal of grace, you died in my place so my soul. See my heart now to sing. The day and its trouble shall come. I know that Your strength is enough. The scandal of grace, You died in my place, so my soul with There's no one beside of you, Jesus, it's all because of your love that my soul will live, and it's all because of you, Jesus, it's all because of you, Jesus, it's all because of your love that my soul SHUT my fall the scandal of grace you died in my place so my soul we- Of your love, that my soul will live, and it's all because of you, Jesus. It's all because of you, Jesus. It's all because of your love that my soul.